I am really um, being quite deeply moved about coming up to Christmas, and so I do want to do some messages that deal with what we call the Christmas stories, which is typically just the stories that have to do with Jesus' parents and how he came to be born. And so I want to um, speak out of Luke chapter 1 this week, and we'll look about uh, the story of how Mary responded to the news that she was going to be spontaneously conceiving and then bearing the Son of God. So if you'll read with me, we're going to start in verse 26 of the Gospel of Luke. And the linchpin um, verse that I'm going to be hanging this message on does come from verse 38, where Mary responds by declaring that she's a servant of the Lord. And that's what I'm going to focus this message around. But I want to read the entire story because it's pretty great. Amen. And just before I start reading, one of the things that I find helpful and interesting to do is there's so much um, built-up culture around these stories that we can think we know these stories when we don't actually know the details that the scriptures actually give, it to, give them to us. Or um, we, we might think there are things that are true about the story that aren't in the Bible or things that are in the Bible that we haven't quite clued into being there. This morning, the kids were listening to Cedarmont Kids. If anybody, anybody Cedarmont Kids growing up? And there's this Christmas story about how Jesus was born on December 25. And it's like, probably not. No, I, you know, unlikely that he was born at that time because that wouldn't have been the time of year that Caesar Augustus would have held a census way back in the day. But that's all the details. But, you know, we talk about it like this is actually his birthday, December 25th, and it's probably not. And the Bible doesn't say exactly what day he was born. And so we can all talk about whatever day we think Jesus was born on, and we can all be happy about it. But God never actually said this day of this year was the exact day it happened. And so, great, we don't know. Praise the Lord, hallelujah, and you can still enjoy your t- December 25th, um, however way you want. All right, Luke chapter 1. Starting in verse 26, these are the very words of God. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin, betrothed or engaged to be married to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end." And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her, whom was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. 
In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to the to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. That's John the Baptist. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed, and I do. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm, and he has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel and in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Can you pray with me? Father, this is such an awesome and wonderful story. Father, thank you for just your tender dealings with this peasant woman in the Middle East two millennia ago. Father, thank you for preserving uh, a word for us by the power of the Holy Spirit in the Bible that we could know with certainty what you want us to know about Jesus. Father, we need your help. Father, we know that if you don't move, we won't really understand in a way that transforms us like you desire. And Father, if you don't do something in me, I can't actually serve you in your word. So Lord, I, I give myself to you afresh today. And we give ourselves to you. Do all that's on your heart. And Lord, no matter where our faith is at, may we hear the words of the angel who said, for nothing will be impossible with God. And all God people's, God's people said, Amen. Amen. So this morning I, I want to call us to follow Mary, to join with Mary, and to adopt this label for ourselves. I'm a servant of the Lord. Do you think of yourself that way? I know it sounds a little Bible-y. Great, we we admit it. It sounds a bit Bible-y. No, let's get over it and do it. Um, I am a servant of the Lord. And I like how it is in Greek. I'll just do this. Like, she doesn't say the I am part. She just says, behold, the servant of the Lord. And I just, I think that's got something cool about it. Behold, the servant of the Lord. And I want to invite you to adopt this kind of way of thinking about yourself. Um, Because I think it will do great things for you, if you will. And I I just also just want to savor Mary's life and response to the Lord here. I can't wait to meet her. Mary's still alive. 
she had a funeral someday. Uh, it's not recorded in scripture or anywhere that I know of what happened in the winds, but um, she's alive with her son in glory right now. And one day I'll meet her because she's going to be resurrected at the resurrection of the just, just like everybody who believes in Jesus. And so I, I want to go meet her. And I understand why people in some Christian traditions will call her Mother Mary and kind of refer to her as the mother of us all because she is the mother of our Lord and one sense, in one sense did give birth to the one who has saved us and has a unique relationship with him. But uh, in this story, she doesn't strut in any sense. When she talks about herself, and she does talk about herself twice, in this passage I read, both times she calls herself a servant of the Lord. And I think that this is part of why God chose her, and I think it's part of why it goes so well when the angel shows up to her in her life. Because Mary decided, this is what I want to talk about, because Mary sees herself as a servant of the Lord, it enabled her to fulfill God's will in her life. It empowered her to respond with faith to God's word. And it empowered her to have surprising joy in what would otherwise seem like a really bizarre circumstance. Okay, so that's my plan. And if I get there this morning, somewhere in the world, it's only 10 o'clock. So I'm going to pretend like I've got lots of time. What do I mean by fulfilling God's will for Mary and for us, if we call ourselves the servant of the Lord? Um, This is what I mean. There was more going on in Mary's life in this moment than finding out that she was going to be having a surprise baby. Or even finding out that she was going to be the mother of the Messiah or the son of David. There's a lot more going on in this moment than just finding out, hey, you're going to give birth to the, the, the son of David, who's going to be the king over Israel. And you can tell by how Luke tells this story that he wants us to get that there is something gigantic and amazing and eternal happening in Mary's life when this angel shows up. And you can kind of see it by how Luke tells this story. So when we think about the Christmas story, it's kind of like we take all the four Gospels and we mix them together and we shake them in a bag and then we put in the chicken legs and we shake it there and then we take those out, put them on the tray and then put them in the oven. And I've lost it with the metaphor already a little bit. But we kind of just throw all the details of Jesus' story in there and we, we, we can sometimes lose the exact perspective that the Gospel writer wants us to see the story through when he's telling it. In Matthew's gospel, not Luke, but in Matthew's gospel, he tells Jesus' birth story, particularly from Joseph's perspective and particularly to highlight the dangers and troubles that Jesus goes through. Okay, so when the story starts off, it's here's Joseph and surprise, surprise, his fiance is pregnant and not by him. And Joseph has to figure out what to do here. Fortunately, an angel shows up and says, don't worry, this is God's kid and it'll be fine. Just roll with it. And then they have the baby and then all of a sudden the magi show up. And then the next thing you know, Herod is on the war path and another angel shows up to Joseph again and tells Joseph, you need to get your family out of there to Egypt. And Matthew's perspective is he wants Jesus's birth story to sound a lot like Moses's birth story as well, because Moses, when he was born, he he almost died a couple times. 
because of the king of Egypt. That's the perspective. And Jesus is presented to us as the new Moses. When Luke wants to tell the story, he is trying to tell the story of Jesus as God's restart with humanity. Jesus, the new Adam. And so instead of seeing it more from Joseph's perspective, we see it more through Mary's perspective as the new Eve. In order to catch this, let's just remember how the story went back in the garden in Genesis chapter 3. Adam's been made. He's been given this garden to tend. He's been given all these animals to take care of. But there's this big problem. He's alone. And so God solved the problem by giving him a wife named Eve. And their job is to protect the garden. And they have one rule, one word from the Lord to them. Don't eat the fruit of the knowledge of the, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the next thing that happens in that story is that Eve is having a conversation with a spiritual being. And they're discussing God's word. And the turnout from that story is that Eve uh, does not have faith in God's word and eats the fruit But God promises there's going to be a child that will come to defeat that serpent. But then all the death and all the destruction and all the disappointment and all the dilapidation and all the the bad D words that happen in the world all come out of this discussion that a woman had with an angel about God's word. And here we come to Luke all these thousands of years later. And here's another woman who has not had a child yet, who is somewhat married. She's not all the way married yet, but she is betrothed. And in their culture back then, to be engaged was a lot more official than are to be engaged. So that if your engagement was broken off, they still called it a divorce because it was way more legally important and binding for them. But here she is, semi-married, And suddenly, this angel shows up and unsettles her. Just like when the serpent showed up, Eve was unsettled. And we're supposed to start going, hey, there's some similarities going here. But instead of the catastrophe in the garden, way back at the beginning, Mary responds, not with unbelief, but with faith in her conversation with this angelic being. And because of that, she becomes the mother who gives birth to the promised seed that God said, there will be a seed one day, says this to Eve back at the beginning, there will be a seed one day that will be born that will crush the head of the serpent. Okay. Mary gets to be that physical woman who gave birth to that physical seed, who's the son of God, who was born to destroy the works of the devil. Okay. How how did Mary accept this promise and this call? How did she respond to the word of God so that she didn't just become another statistic of sin? Just another person who contributed to the unbelief of the world. Well, she responded by saying, Behold the servant of the Lord. Okay. And this is why I, I'm living saying, I'm, I'm the servant of the Lord. 
And this is why I'm calling all of us to have the same attitude. Do you want to participate with God's big plan in the world? Because God does have a big plan in the world. This world isn't just a ball of really hot rocks, at least in the middle, spinning through nothingness around this ball of fire. This universe is fulfilling God's plan. And God's plan right now is that his church, those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, would faithfully follow him, would spread the gospel throughout the world until Jesus' return. And then at that time, Jesus, the Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians, will have conquered all rule and all authority and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And he will, as the reigning king, present all things back to his father in complete submission. And then we will live forever and ever in glory with him, without suffering, without pain, without death, without anything bad, without the capability of even sinning. It will be glory forever. How do we participate with this big plan that God is doing by faith? And we say to him, behold, I'm, I'm the servant of the Lord. That's how Mary did it. This was a pivotal moment in the story. It, you know, it's impossible to think, what if she had it? You, know, you don't know. What if she, um, what if she hadn't? Behold, Mary, you are going to give birth to the Messiah. Uh, I don't want to. I already had plans for this evening. Uh, Okay, next. This is a big deal. This, This is our lives. To fulfill God's purposes and plans or not. How do we set ourselves up to fulfill his will for our lives? We say, behold, I am the servant of the Lord today. Number two, and this is totally closely related, this attitude of being the servant of the Lord made a lot of room in her heart for her to receive God's word. I love how Mary says in verse 38, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And, you know, that we could just say, oh, that's just interesting. But Luke makes a big deal of uh, Mary's attitude towards God speaking. Because when Mary goes to visit Elizabeth, which was quite a hike. It's like 100 kilometers, and she's either riding on the back of a mule or doing it on foot, pregnant. Um, so this isn't just like a day trip. She's not just going for a maddish slope and some snitcher for the afternoon after church. Did I get it right? I feel like I didn't. Kilcha? I don't even know. The one with the schmone fat? I'm Scottish. You guys need some haggis. Get some haggis out here and then we'll have, we can talk. Come on. When she's visiting Mary, before Mary even, sorry, when Mary's visiting Elizabeth, before Elizabeth can even hear from Mary what's going on in her life, she is already speaking by the Holy Spirit and declaring, blessed is she who believed that it will be fulfilled what was spoken to her from the Lord. This is a big deal to Luke to emphasize that 
what is carrying things on here is Mary's willingness to receive the word of God with faith. Amen? So two times in this, I'm not, I haven't even done all the beginning of this chapter. I haven't even got to the end of this chapter, but two times already. What do we know about Mary? We know that she wants her life to go according to the word. And we know that Elizabeth, speaking the words of God by the Holy Spirit, declares her blessed because she believed that God is faithful when he speaks. And I think the thing that we know about Mary that makes so much room in her heart to hear God's word and say yes and amen and respond with faith is that she sees herself as being a servant of the Lord. Amen? Like So that hearing his word and believing it and responding to it, that's, that's her job. And I, and I think about my own life and my own heart, and I think about the spectrum of responses that I can have to God's word. And um, it's not often just a, behold, I'm the servant of the Lord, let it be done according to your word. There's a whole spectrum. Like on the one end, I think about it, I call this the, the you can't touch this end of the spectrum. I don't know why it is when I'm thinking about sermons, all these 80s and 90s tunes come into my head, and it just does this. But there's the you can't touch this end right? Where God speaks. He speaks about Jesus, where he speaks about your life. He speaks about your sex life. He speaks about your marriage. He speaks about your finances. He speaks about your past. And your response is, you can't touch this. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to deal with it. Thank you. Next, right? There's one possible response. No. And then where many of us live, in the let's make a deal phase, right? I'm open to discussions. Hypothetically speaking, if it were true that I was going to bear the Son of God, is there a monthly paycheck that comes along with this? What's in it for me? Will I still have stretch marks? What what am I going to get out of this? How much is this going to cost me? This sounds painful. This sounds dangerous. How's this going to turn out? Am I going to have more kids beyond this? What's Joseph going to think? Can we talk with Joseph first? I want to make sure it's going to turn out right. Because Joseph's a bit of a stud muffin. And you know, he's the son of David too. And so I'm going to be like semi-royalty. I don't want to lose him. There's this, this way we can live where we're living in the let's make a deal phase when it comes to God speaking, whether through his word or providentially. Let's negotiate. This sounds like it might cost me. This sounds humbling. This sounds tough. What if? I, how are people going to respond? What's this going to look like? And I think scripturally, God knows how to interact with us when we're there. God's gracious. God's merciful. God does have conversations with people. Now, if you're Zechariah, earlier in this chapter, and you want to negotiate how this is going to turn out, sometimes he strikes you mute until your kid is born. <laughs> say, hello? <laughs> so sometimes it's better just to say yes right up front. But Mary's way over here on the other side, where she's, she's living like, if I'm sure it's God speaking, the answer is yes. 
the, there might be a question if this is God or want to understand the word or discern what's going on. But if, if I'm confident it's the Lord, the answer is yes, because I am a servant of the Lord. And I, I want it to go like how you say, God. Which brings me, and it's all still connected to adopting this mindset and fostering it in our own heads and our hearts and talking to ourselves like we're here to be servants of the Lord makes it so much easier to have joy in weird situations. Right? Because it is true that our happiness very often depends on our circumstances, right? Has anybody planned out what Christmas needs to be like to be good? Like that family gathering you need to get through. Just hold your breath and then once it's done, then you're going to be okay because those people are there. And if they don't talk to you and you can manage to get as many Nanaimo bars in as you want, which is at least seven... It's going to be all right. And if you can get out of there with the check or the survive the gift exchange, you know, then it'll be okay. But then you got your me time on Christmas morning or Christmas afternoon or whatever it's going to be. And you've been dropping enough hints to make sure that you are going to get that PS4 teen, whatever they're up to. Yeah, you, you accidentally forwarded all those advertisements to your parents for the last two months and... That Red Rider BB gun must be in the mail from Amazon Prime. If, you know, we've got it all set up. And there is some truth to having your circumstance being what you want in order to be happy. Okay, There is some truth in that. And I think the thing that's going on with Mary, where she can sing a song when she's, a, as far as we know at this moment, a single mother pregnant in a culture that would really, really look down on that and unsure about the future and over at Elizabeth's house and singing this song of joy is because her circumstance is that she wants to be the servant of the Lord. So that when Jesus shows up, it doesn't mess up her life. Because that is her life. To do what God wants is her circumstance that she wants. To do God's will is her life. So that when it looks so strange as to have an angel tell you you're having a baby... And he's going to live forever. That when she goes to visit Elizabeth, she has a song of joy and praise in her heart. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Why? For he has looked on the humble estate of his internet diva. No, his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. So if our circumstance is, is that we want to be the servants of the Lord in whatever situation we're in, then you get the joy of getting what you want, like all the time. Anybody? 
Does that make sense? Am I making this stuff up? This is the thing. This is why you need to read it, bring your Bible. You have no idea. If you don't have a Bible in front of you, if I'm making this stuff up. But, but in my Bible, it's right here in front of me. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he's looked on the humble estate of his servant. So she's admitting, this. my situation is humble. I need to take an elevator up just to get low, she's saying. You know, I... And, and it kind of is. She's in a low spot. But she's rejoicing because she's serving the Lord. Amen? And this is the thing. This is where I put a little cayenne pepper on this one. One of the things that this story and this gospel teaches us is that Jesus is going to move us. Okay? No matter where you are, where you are, or who you are, Jesus is going to move you. And if you're low, he's going to move you up. But if you're up, you're going to get moved down. Anybody? Merry Christmas. Watch out. This is, this, why, 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 does, why does the proud of our culture not love Christmas so much? Because it's their eviction notice. And Mary's singing this. Mary, whose, whose life has gotten turned upside down. Mary, whose, in one sense, the plans are not going to go according to plan. But because her heart has been to be the servant of the Lord, everything is going according to plan. She starts singing these songs that we don't usually fit into our praise songs. He has shown his strength with his arm. Yay! He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. Hmm. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones. Uh-oh. And exalted those of humble estate. Yay! He has filled the hungry with good things. Yay! And the rich he has sent away empty. Uh Uh-oh. Like this is her joyful praise song. And what this song is all about is that this son that she has inside of her now is going to move everything around. It is, he's going to turn the world upside down. And so Mary's singing because she's like, because I'm God's servant, I'm down to start off with. So I'm going up. Amen? She's going from nobody peasant girl to most blessed woman who people are going to be singing songs about until Jesus returns. That's, that's a pretty long move. That's, that is the long snake in Snakes and Ladders, right? That's, I mean, that's a long ladder. That's, you don't want the long snake. That's the most, like the 98 snake that takes you down to 23. I hate that snake. Amen? Don't you hate that snake? But the, did you know that they invented Snakes and Ladders for like Sunday school? Yeah, like teach kids about life. You can be on 97. Thinking, oh, I'm going to win. And then you roll a one and you take the cookies out of the cookie jar, you know, and the picture goes down and you're down to 23 again. All the snakes are pride things. All the ladders are humble things. What? You might have to learn something in this game. Thank you. Anyhow. This, yes, we could do this. We'll get this, move this whole building onto Main Street if we do that. This is the thing. 
Do, do you want to go up, Christian? God wants to put you up. Did you know that? I'm going to get my prosperity on. God wants to bless you. God wants to move you up. God wants to exalt you. God wants to glorify you. Did you know that? Do you know how you get there? I'm the servant to the Lord. I'm low. Get low. Get low. Let's get low. Let's get real low. Let's get like hydraulics low rider scraping over the speed bumps low. Because when you're low and Jesus shows up, what does he do? He says, you're too low. Come up here. What are you doing sitting at the back? This is where I'm sitting. Come, come sit with me. We go low, Jesus takes us high. That's, that's part of Christmas. And that's how G- Mary's singing this song. She's, her life's messed up, and she's like, no, my life is not messed up. Serving the Lord is my life. You know whose lives are going to be messed up? Everybody else. This is crazy. Merry Christmas. Your whole world is getting turned upside down. I hope you're not high right now. Because you're going under sea level. Anybody? Let's be low. Because he'll take you high. By grace. This is what this child does. So, long story short. Merry Christmas. Do you want to make this Christmas count for eternity? Find a mirror somewhere and just say, Behold the servant of the Lord. Go to work and say, Behold the servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to God's word. God, help me to obey and to believe all your promises that you will do for me what you've promised, just like you, will, you did for Mary all that you promised. When you're at that family gathering, I'm going there again, Behold the servant of the Lord. I'm here to do God's will. And God, give me joy as I do it. Knowing that where you're low, God, God can take you high. That's not hard. You know, what, you know what's hard? Saving the people who are high. That's the, the part. Why do we want to be so high all the time? Is it danger? Danger. Let's get low. We should worship. Greg, are you ready to lead us for a bit? I know that if you're here, you probably live in Steinbeck or used to live in Steinbeck or something, which means you probably got a lot of church under your belt. Amen. You don't meet a lot of people who are like, Jesus, who's Jesus around here? Uh, there are people in the world who don't know anything, right? Not around Steinbeck. However, when you have a place where there's been lots of church for a long time, you know where a lot of people live? They live in the let's negotiate with God. You got your stuff, I got my stuff. If we can make this work together, great. But if not, I'll take care of things. I want to invite you to ask yourself if maybe that's cost you living like that.
has it turned out like you thought it would? And I also want to say that this morning, there is a God of unbelievable and never-ending grace and mercy who really loves you. Loves you more than any man could, loves you more than any woman could, loves you more than any family could, and who wants you. No one in the world can promise you that you're going to have an easy life. God doesn't either. But you can have a life walking with God. Walking in his love. And knowing that no matter what happens, God will turn it for good. Because he's with you. And all you need to do to have that life is to say to Jesus, I'm your servant. I believe you are who you say you are. I give you my life. Lead me. He will receive you. Jesus said, anyone who comes to me, I will by no means turn away. And you get the excitement of knowing that God will make your life count in his big will. I'm the servant of the Lord. Jesus says, I I will receive your service. Let me lead you. And like Mary, I will make your life count for eternity. So God, we give you this truth. Father, for every heart here, uh, Father, I pray for a real breakthrough. Lord, I know that we carry so many reasons why it's too late and it's all over and how you could never take us back and how it could never be as good as it could have been. And Father, you know how to hear us say, we regret. And you say, yeah. And then we say, can you forgive us? And you say, yeah. And then, can you use us? And you say, absolutely. So God, I pray that this Christmas time will be a time we have lots of hope for redemption and change and that it could all start with us as we say to you, here we are. We would like to do your will. And all God's people said, Amen.